Hey everyone, Jacob here from that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Overmanga Cast. This week we read Kaiju Number no. 8 by Noya Matsumoto, and we're joined by none other than the series' own English language letterer and co-host of podcast One Piece at a Time, Brandon Bovia. We read chapters 1 through 23, covering up to the Sagamihara subjugation operation arc. Thanks again, Brandon, for all of your great insight. We all had a lot of fun with this episode, so watch out for Yoju, don't forget your nose plugs, and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, my name is Sam and welcome back once again to the Over Manga Cast. That time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga. And uh, we are uh, joined today not by Matt, you will be missing him, he had to be called away. Uh, He didn't give us any explanation why, but uh, some men in black suits showed up and he said he had to make preparations and then just kind of dipped. So hopefully everything's okay there. But uh, we were able to get a special guest here for uh, this Kaiju number eight episode. It is Eisner nominated letterer of Kaiju number eight, uh, Brandon Bovia, also the freelance letterer for Dragon Ball Super, the Hunters Guild Red Hood, Aliens Arena, uh, and several others, as well as the co-host of One Piece at a Time. Brandon, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I feel like you really kind of got the rundown there. <laughs> uh, I did want to make a correction. Uh, my, my new series in Shonen Jump is called Aliens Area, not Arena. Area. Ah. <laughs> well, <laughs> editing Sam in the future will correct that, I'm sure. <laughs> mm. But it is. Uh, I mean, it, it literally just came out like a few hours ago, so I don't blame anybody for not, you know. Mm. Like, Excellent. Uh, there's still there's still time to get it uh, in head. Yeah, I did notice a, a, a new series. <laughs> it turns out the, the letter for it is uh, on the podcast with us. That's pretty cool. That is exactly how cutting edge we are. They literally can't get rid of me at, at Shonen Jump. You know, like every, every time something <laughs> ends, it's just like I find myself crawling back in like, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here at the top of the show, we like to talk about our uh, familiarity with the franchise that we read this week. Uh, Brandon, let's start with you. Um, I suppose you are quite familiar with Kaiju Number Eight, being the letterer for Never it. Heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> so, but no, yeah, I am. I am indeed the uh, the English letterer for Kaiju Number Eight. I have been uh, for the for the whole run, which is is important. I think I, I, I don't know about important, maybe, but like. Thing, things can, um, you know, like I, I've de- that d- definitely come on projects before, like with Dragon Ball, you know, I'm uh, I'm like the third letterer for Dragon Ball. So, you know, it maybe feels even though it's like, man, that's Dragon Ball. You know, I haven't been working on it the whole time and I certainly haven't been working on it. You know, I, you know, that started Dragon Ball Z was, you know, being published in English when I was a kid. So there's no way <laughs> I, w- yep. I would really feel any sort of like extended ownership. Um not that I feel really, you know, ownership is a weird way to call it. But basically, yeah, I, I've been the English letter for Kaiju for Kaiju number eight for the whole time. And I think that's special. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm getting yeah. at. Yeah. And you did a great job with it. Uh, we will uh, get into that as we uh, dive into the review. Uh, for me, Kaiju number eight was uh, something that I kept seeing advertised in the Shonen Jump app and being like, that looks really cool. That looks like it's up my alley. I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're here, so... <laughs> I, I've, I've been there, trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Jacob, how about you? 
pretty similar, actually. Uh, when I got the Shonen Jump app, this is something that I saw. And there's a lot of stuff that on the Shonen Jump app that interests me. And uh, when it was suggested to put on the uh, reading list for uh, our podcast, I was uh, quite happy to see it. Uh, not really any uh, prior knowledge of it, though. Mm-hmm. NJ. Uh, sure. So similarly, I am familiar with several um, Shonen Jump properties. This came up as a recommendation, as just I want to preface this, as I am a huge fan of Kaiju in all capacities. However, yeah. I hadn't had <laughs> had the opportunity to check this series out, so this was a fresh take for me as well. Uh, I didn't realize everybody was coming in fresh. That's actually really exciting. It should be noted that a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Jump Cody, was very uh, flattering of this particular uh, manga when he uh, mentioned it during a previous recording session. So uh, it did come recommended <laughs> by him, but that is not the extent of what all we know. So uh, we start with uh, about what you'd expect from a kaiju-based manga. It is a giant monster uh, dead and crushing several city blocks under its tremendous bulk. I think it's a good it's a good way to introduce the sort of the, the scale of the uh, the encounters that end up happening in the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just looks cool to boot. <laughs> it does. It really does. And the very first uh, panel is this monster looming very much not dead yet. And then next one, it's down. So we missed whatever epic battle defeated this thing uh, and skipped straight to <laughs> the cleanup afterwards. Yay. And- yeah, I kind of I kind of like that sense because it really it really goes to illustrate uh, in a really fast, really succinct way that this is something that's been ongoing for a long time now. And whilst a kaiju is still a serious threat that people need to be concerned about, it's also kind of seeped into just how life is now, which does a really good job of like putting you in the headspace of the characters in that world. Yes. Yeah, and and then I mean they jump straight to um, introducing the fact that there's like a whole cleanup crew uh, after these kaiju battles, so it really feels like it's just kind of a part of daily life. It can be like a career for someone. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's no different than being a a rescue worker during like a flood or an earthquake or something like that. You're here to clean up the mess that's left behind after all the other things happen. And kind that's of really we... highlighting the underdog, the little man who has to, you know, not necessarily be front and center of the action, at least initially. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, that little man is our protagonist, Kafka Hibino, age 32. Uh, I think this might, I think this might be the, uh, the first middle age uh, or middle age approaching uh, shonen protag. <laughs> I think he is here. one of the older protagonists because um, mm-hmm. maybe some of them are like m- maybe mid twenties at latest. Yeah, it's sort of sort of the joke of uh, Sagamo- uh, Sakamoto days, which is uh, where uh, Cody uh, referenced Kaiju number eight. Was that like part of the joke is that he's middle age adjacent but also that's really more uh played for a laugh and he'll turn into a, a like mm-hmm. a younger guy he'll transform into his skinny form whereas kafka's age is very much front and center yeah mm-hmm. no, i think it's, it, it is a key part of his like character yeah because he is uh the latest in kind of this new paradigm of shonen protagonist it's like with the old ones like um you know 
Dragon Ball, One Piece, etc. The protagonist was uncommonly powerful, still found people who were like uncommonly powerful plus one to go and fight against for tension's sake, but we never really doubted the capacity of our hero. And now, uh, more recently, with stuff like Hiroaka, Black Clover, and now this, it's uh, protagonist is a weak noodle arms baby man and suddenly gains all the power in the universe and does not know what to do with it. Someone please send help. <laughs> he he doesn't quite have that uh, uh, that power boost just yet. Mm-hmm. And I sort of love how they interplay that for the story to happen, you kind of have to have your protagonist be the main character for some reason. That's that classic issue with, uh, you know, things like uh, protagonist privilege when it's unintended and whatnot. But they uh, they end up playing with that in a pretty clever way. Uh, we also get introduced to another character, Reno Ijikawa, uh, <laughs> who's basically the protagonist of another manga. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, Kafka's new partner in the kaiju cleanup unit, and he is a uh, young hot blood anime protag man. Yes, yeah, so it's it's almost as if you had an intermediate stage where there was like a compulsory like mentorship stage before you actually committed to being an anime protagonist this would be it <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're see- we're seeing all of the behind the scenes stuff not just the cleanup of kaijus but also the uh uh the mentoring program in in uh, the manga metaverse <laughs> <laughs> we would actually be remiss to uh neglect mentioning uh one more there's a brief flashback kafka has uh watching the news broadcast of the actual defeat of the kaiju that he's cleaning up uh which was done by one uh mina ashiro uh defense force third division captain and uh judging from the flashbacks his childhood friend yeah i think that's part of the thing that really makes kaiju number eight unique as a like a shonen action manga is that it is like it, it is sort of bringing the follow your dreams kind of formula to sort of like a well you know like in a typical shonen manga it's like the main character is like like a teenager and you know they have Mm -hmm. all of this life ahead of them and it's like go follow your dreams go be the best and and that's where kafka's age comes in as the protagonist is he's he's 32 and he's for all intents and purposes he thinks he's missed his chance Mm -hmm. and so when, when he sees sort of like mina getting all the glory you know he's just like dang i wish that was me you know it was supposed to be him, uh, the two yeah. of them working together. Yeah, that was the yeah, uh, that's the dream. Another flashback later uh, that mentions that their whole thing was that they promised to uh, rise up to defeat all the kaiju together, shoulder to shoulder. And like, you know, I mean, like to a large extent, you know, following a character with all of the potential, like obviously, you know, it's been done because it's a formula that works. But also it's it's nice to see a little bit of a, a, a difference here because, uh you know, I mean, people, you know, people gain, you know, new skills and, and you know, take, you know, another shot at passions, uh, you know, mm-hmm. when they are no longer teenagers and are able to do uh, some pretty nice things. So having a series that will actually like directly uh, address that sort of thing, it, 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 it's, it's a nice change of pace, especially for uh, something like uh, like like Shonen Jump uh, is, is sort of like the the cornerstone of a lot of classic anime and manga and and seeing such an experimental protagonist in uh shonen jump is pretty darn cool because hey so long as you're still alive you can uh still live which is uh what reno expresses to uh kafka 
uh, the next day after work, uh, saying it's like, look, I saw how tore up you were when you mentioned that uh, you gave up on this stream. Uh, the maximum age for new recruits is 33 now. So, uh, hey, why don't you go <laughs> stop being so much of a loser and try again? Yeah, he really, Reno really calls him out here at first. I forgot how, like, kind of kind of tenuous the relationship is uh, here at the beginnings. They have, they, they develop a bromance very quickly, but here, here at their introduction, you know, Reno's like, you, you know, like, go, go follow your dreams. You kind of, you know, you missed your chance, old man. Don't don't do it again. And particularly from uh, uh, Reno's perspective, there's a very antagonistic bent to their relationship. And I mean, like, you know, it, it gets played for comedy later, but it's always there to yeah. some extent. But also, again, I, I sort of find the amusing element of it is he is so the uh, protagonist of another manga because that's the <laughs> exact kind of character development you would expect a series that has the sort of plot trajectory of Kaiju number eight to follow. But instead, yeah. you know, we're we're. You know, we're following another character who who maybe needs the character journey a little bit more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, that dream is almost snuffed short as a kaiju erupts from the body of the one they were already working on and damn near uh, <laughs> chomps Reno in two. Thankfully, Kafka was ready to jump in and tackle him off to safety and uh, set him to running to get more help while our brave protag stands up to this monster. And uh, wow, the juxtaposition of it's that got panel. A, it's got a little little pole. <laughs> it's got a little crowbar. I, I, just, I, I love that little. Yeah, I'm completely screwed. <laughs> He's very rarely off in his assessment of uh, I, I am not prepared for this, <laughs> which is fun when you see those. It is. But uh, he is trying his best uh, just to stay alive and distract this thing. Uh, which goes, well, he's still alive. One of his legs is currently very horrifically flattened in a giant handprint, but... Yeah. Mm. He, he succeeded in the important thing to him, which was to get Reno out alive. Uh, we get a bit of a pattern with these two where uh, Reno, and, and not just these two, but a lot of the characters do this. And I, I kind of love it when characters and stories in general do this. But like the, it seems to be everybody in this manga has this bent where it's like, you know, the two of us can't possibly stop this uh Stop this enemy. I'll distract it while you go and get help. And then the person goes and gets help and then immediately comes back to help stop. Like, <laughs> you don't see that enough. All right. He's like, you're just going to think you're going to leave your friend behind or? <laughs> they don't They do not do the stupid thing of sticking around and fighting to the death anyway, pointlessly. They also, uh, there's also not a convenient cavalry because the person who's closer obviously gets there first. Help does indeed arrive as the two of them are uh, making their brave stand. As the monster is blown to little itty bitty bits, the Japan Defense Force 3rd Division has arrived. In I, I don't know if um, anyone's reading the, the print version in this, but the, uh, the the sound effects on that, the like the blam blam on that spread were really fun to do. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a look at the uh, I'm taking a look at it right now. And that looks awesome i i i, <laughs> I really you. appreciated kind of like the more westernized aspect of some of the automatopoeia it was just really nostalgic for me and it was just kind mm -hmm. of came out of like left field a little bit because i'm just like for me with manga i kind of have to s switch contexts here and i was just like ah oh, this is actually really really fun so thank you 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's something I pride myself on, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, I really like making sound effects for manga. <laughs> I really like the the sort of harsh font that you use at and the bolded lettering when someone is just screaming their lungs out, like Kafka screaming "damn it" at the monster right before oh, it's uh, blown up. That one was also God. That was um, uh, because like all, all of the stuff that's in word balloons, we still have to replace for like the weekly releases. So that mm-hmm. one was like carried over from the weekly release. And we had to do those like we premiered with like the first five chapters, I remember. And those had to get done like extremely fast. <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, just, you know, despite the fact that I was on a crazy deadline for that first chapter, like like that was a a really fun piece of lettering that uh, still held up. I, I could have replaced it if I wanted to for the volumes, but I was like, ah, oh, surprisingly good. Yeah, <laughs> it works it, well. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's important to put a good foot forward, especially like especially in the first chapter in particular. Uh, oh, yeah. But like early on, it's it's important. And especially when you consider the fact that it's not until the very, very end of the first chapter that we even get our base premise of the story itself. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's sort of the, the big hook. And and this is sort of the thing that I kind of like about it, because as much as this is absolutely a like, like there, there's a lot of like standard shonen elements to Kaiju number eight. And, you know, you've got the the protagonist with, you know, an absurd, massive power boost that, you know, he can he can one shot most regular mooks. But like at the same time, one of the big things that Kaiju number eight really emphasizes is not just uh, Kafka and the other characters, how Kafka feels that he wants to be able to do this on his own merits. He's absolutely willing to uh, use the <laughs> protagonist powers to to save people, but he also wants to he wants to do things on his own merits. And the the first chapter really does a good job of establishing who he is, what he cares about and why he cares about it. And, you know, I mean, like it, it, it's it's very much the case where you can see why he chooses uh, to, you know, either use his powers or not in specific situations. Yeah, so he's uh, definitely very like for for a character. But we'll get into it later, I'm sure. But like he's, he doesn't do a very good job of hiding his powers, which is kind of part <laughs> of the gag at the start. Yeah, he's just a run of a mill Joe with with a dream. And that's very relatable. Yeah, and, just happens to have a skull for a face. A dragonfly monster thing uh, crawls into his mouth, and uh, he beca- he, he uh, gets one of the coolest character designs I've seen in a long time. I mean, oh, I yeah. understand in context everyone's terrified of him, but I just couldn't help but say that looks pretty pretty badass. If I do say so yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd freak out if I saw that in a hospital. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like like Kafka, I'd freak out if I saw that in a mirror. <laughs> his his kaiju form is incredibly cool and just like so photogenic so easy to put on covers and things like that and and put in big splash pages but they also do a good job of doing great comedy faces with him too like like his body language and some of the like uh you know anime exaggeration faces that they'll uh that they'll throw in is just so hilarious I it reminds love. me a lot of like uh, Alphonse Elric in Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yes, like... <laughs> perfect. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have made that connection immediately, but now that you say it, yeah, they do have the same energy, don't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I love Monster Form uh, Kafka so much. Yeah, he, he is a treasure. 
Well, because oh my god, it's it's like wall to wall gags. Once once they escape from the hospital, and he's like trying mm. to, he, he's like trying to run away and get a handle on his powers at the same time, and he's just you know all, all of the gags dealing with like his body having a mind of its own. It's just great. It's like I have no idea how this thing works. <laughs> Hold on, let me open this window. Tears out an entire wall. <laughs> yeah, like okay, <laughs> oops. <laughs> I have to use the bathroom. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. It's coming out of my packs. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> legendary, legendary panel. <laughs> Absolutely. I just got to say, uh, I reached the end of chapter one and I'm like, the guy named Kafka turned into a monster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> very subtle. Okay. Very subtle. See- <laughs> yep. Very subtle. Very subtle indeed. <laughs> At the very least, turning into a monster allowed him to do his job, unlike the original Metamorphosis, but. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, we have the entire, like, uh, comedy of errors of them uh, desperately attempting to escape as he is <laughs> trying to control the uh, kaiju body. And, uh,. There is more uh, giant monsters about, unfortunately. Uh, another one of those weird, basically the same type that had attacked them earlier in the day, uh, threatening a young girl and her mother. Uh, mother is trapped, young girl is frantic. So, um, what's a protag with a s- sudden new intense power to do except punch the thing into oblivion? Yeah, there's also a, a brief bit where he like senses its presence before it shows up. I don't know if that ever comes up again. Uh, I don't think in our reading it did, but uh, I, I guess you would know further than we would <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, um, there are some things I haven't I haven't commented about because I'm like, ah, does that come up again? I don't know. Oh, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, uh, we sort of get a, we sort of get a bit of a fun, uh, one punch man moment where you get an entire page of just the, uh, dedicated to the, to the left hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, oh man, just even, even as early as chapter two, you, you really start to get the sense that the, the action is just on another level in this manga. <laughs> oh yeah. I love the dynamism in these panels. Like it, it's amazing how much motion is being put into just a still image of a monster punching another monster, but you really feel oh, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that punch was not enough to put the thing down. So he uh, goes to give it one with all he's got, uh, hits it with an uppercut that disintegrates the thing into um, <laughs> into blood. <laughs> and in a glorious, absolutely gorgeous colored two page spread, it's him standing there in the blood rain. Yeah, as... that's something I think I wish I wish more uh, manga did more often. And, and Kaiju number eight can get away with it because it's um, serialized digitally. So mm-hmm. there are a, there are a ton of these where like it'll just you flip the page and it's a color spread and you're just like, whoa, OK. And it's it, it's sort of a shame that we can't maintain all of these for the print version. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're they're grayscaled in the Japanese book as well. Uh, so that's not like that's not something that we specifically are doing. But I think it yeah, would be cool it, to have if we could have all of the color pages maintained, I, I think that'd be awesome. But yeah, the printing costs would be too high. But like the you know, I mean, there's there's just a demonstrable difference between you see um, black and white manga blood. You turn the page and like it, it really sells the uh, the moment. The, the gore oh, yeah. of the moment. And Reno's just <laughs> standing there like jaw on the floor like, yeah, you should definitely not use that on a human. Yeah, that 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 scene is going to look amazing if they ever make an anime of this. <laughs> mm. 
oh, I desperately hope this gets an anime because it would look so cool. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I hope the OP is, is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get uh, I can't remember. It's it's on the tip of my tongue. Jam project, the ones. Oh yeah, the... yeah, oh, jam, jam project. project. Yeah, jam yeah. project. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jam project for this. Okay, I am <laughs> so not? glad. I am so glad you mentioned jam project because a little bit later I'm gonna make a really bizarre comparison and jam project did ops for that series too. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I want wait. jam project so bad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as of right now, uh, we we get a. I, I think one of the things that makes that whammy panel, the the color panel, work so well is that there's. Like when you see the when you see the uh the blood in black and white, it it has a bit of a gruesome bent to it. But like the blood rain in color, it's almost melancholic because, yeah. you know, like the comment of it's it's something I definitely can't shouldn't use on a human. There's this like separation that it creates between Kafka and everyone else. The the next page after that, Kafka sees like the people that he saved and the little girl that he saved is understandably completely terrified of him yep <laughs> but he tries the smile thing again <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't work but um uh he or but uh the little girl still manages to uh thank him for uh saving her and her mother and it sort of grounds him in this like i can move forward with this it's really and, it's a really strong moment yep and we have the uh a, a rather important final panel of the chapter. Uh, it's Kafka uh, once again resolving to stand by Mina's side against uh, all the kaiju. And it's like, well, how can he do that if he's one of them now? But uh, it shows the kaiju form disintegrating away to reveal his human mm -hmm. face. So uh, we've got an epic transformation that needs to be worked around. <laughs> I love that sort of thing. <laughs> Me too. And then we cut to uh, several months later after the kaiju number eight incident and title drop. <laughs> uh, we learned that uh, if a kaiju is not uh, dealt with uh, promptly, it gets a uh, numbered designation. Mm -hmm. And since <laughs> since no one destroyed the protagonist, <laughs> right. he gets a number. We get a bit of a we get a bit of a brief scene of uh, <laughs> Kafka being hilariously bad at being able to control his transformation. <laughs> what are you doing exposing yourself in broad daylight like this wait my face is messed up oh crap it's messed up hold on <laughs> is this better he's still got the like yeah. unhinged jaw and demon teeth it, all, it, all it has taken is this amount of time and, and Reno has kind of gone from like slightly antagonistic Kohai to just like your best bro who's trying to you know like you can't go out like that <laughs> i love him so much <laughs> dare i say it it kind of just mm, just i'll say this later but i'm just seeing a lot of parallels between what is it um one piece or not one piece um one punch and mm. genos and mm. yes yeah. that kind of oh, energy yeah. Yeah. i really appreciate yeah. genos and saitama kind of yeah saitama yeah for, for sure like it's such a different dynamic too because like there is that element of kafka is a bit of an expert on on things that reno doesn't understand but reno also he has uh types of maturity and and knowledge base that uh kafka is lacking as well so uh, mm -hmm. especially when you consider the fact that this is not is I mean, it's funny, but it's not a gag series. Um, uh, there's a lot more like um, 
you know, learning from each other, really even relationship to the two of them far more than uh, One Punch Man. But like with that same sort of... Because that's just a strict gag uh, relationship of Genos is like, ah, yes, master, I will learn everything from you. And it's like, maybe you shouldn't. Saitama's kind of a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, whereas we're seeing that sort of relationship played straight here where the two of them really, really do kind of need each other to be uh, more complete people. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, th- that goes for a lot of the character relationships in this manga in general. It feels like uh big casts are always something that like long-running shonen can struggle with um mm-hmm. definitely like like kaiju number eight feels like every character kind of has the role to play and no no one singular character can really carry it because they, they all have their expertise they all have their role to play indeed and we get introduced to the character whose role to play is this bit <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> as we meet Kikuru Shinomiya what is it with Shinomiya's <laughs> <laughs> Shinomiya's and being prissy rich girls in manga I don't know yes, there's, there's a running theme here I think so but uh, they're going to the uh, exam day to uh, uh, become members of the defense force. And uh, she is badgering him to move his car so that she can park hers, despite many <laughs> other spaces being open. But five <laughs> is her lucky number. You don't understand. Yeah. So she has to park in space 55. Yeah. Don't what lucky. An introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I this feel is like a- with some characters, you, yeah, you instantly know what they're all about. <laughs> Just off of yeah. that interaction. And I mean, like, this is this is another case where it's like, hello, protagonist of another manga, you know, sort of yes. that element uh, that you mentioned of like a lot of the characters, like they all have their role to play. You know, they all have that uh, uh, slot to fill in in a lot of ways. Each one of these. Could carry a different series on their own, but, you know, because Kaiju 8 like fits them together in such an interesting way they all kind of need each other because like there's obviously, you know, like the elements of, um, you know, like growing stronger and whatnot that is so central to Shonen stories. But, you know, there's also the like, you know, being a more complete person, a more mature person. And like, you know, I mean, they're, (laughs) you know, for for as much as uh, Sheena Mia is is the rich girl punchline, like she does have a lot of really admirable qualities that the other characters kind of need to learn from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get the feeling a big theme of this throughout the totality of it is uh, no matter how old you are, you can still grow. So and that includes Easily. as a, and that includes as a person in Kafka's case, as uh, <laughs> uh, Shinomiya decides that if he's not going to move the car, she will move it herself because she has one of the Defense Force Kaiju super suits and uses that to just yeet his company car off to the side. <laughs> so he's was very 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 blue collar practical i just love that not the company car ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on that's not mine i have to pay for <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna get in so much trouble with the job if that's damaged <laughs> during the very next chapter uh kafka goes and hefts it back onto its wheels as it landed on its side to the shock yeah. of everybody <laughs> <laughs> he, he at least has enough control of the transformation to uh to, to, to sort of hide it from from the back yeah just mm-hmm. have the super strength and not the uh visual changes yep mm-hmm. uh <laughs> understandably reno is displeased <laughs> <Yes>. yeah <laughs> but this is where uh 
uh, Shinomiya learns his name, Kafka Hibino. Don't you forget it, little messy. To which I, I can only imagine she goes, oh, I won't. I will make sure to drag <laughs> this name through the mud for the rest of your living days. <laughs> oh, oh, and she does. <laughs> I hate this girl. <laughs> and yet she's a very fun character. We we then proceed on to uh, the fitness trials, joining the IG Defense Force. And uh, the big thing for um, Kafka is like, strictly speaking, he can hide like, you know, the kaiju form and do superhuman things like it, like he did with the car. But he doesn't even like try to hide it. He very specifically wants to get into the Kaiju Defense Force on his own merits. His Kaiju form, there's almost a bit of like uh, distance he puts between it. Like it's like it's another, uh, you know, like it's another person. Yeah, though, I do love the cool moment he has of everyone works so hard to get here. It wouldn't be fair of me to use that power to my advantage. Very next panel. Oh, who am I kidding? I just wanted to sound cool. I should have used it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's very relatable yeah he's the, the, the he, he feels like he wants to be the protagonist he wants to try and sound cool but and and i feel like that is that is something that crops up a lot in this manga is that like characters can very rarely get to be cool without having something goofy happen right after yeah <laughs> something to just uh keep him humble particular exam classes full of uh, the best and brightest in the, the next generation of uh, kaiju destroyers. So, of course, our poor old man is definitely out of his league before he even showed up. <laughs> yeah, bad, bad luck of the draw. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. got to, you got to be in the class with all the main characters. <laughs> <laughs> I, it really is. It really is like that where... Uh... It really makes you wonder if he'd actually, you know, committed to trying in previous years, if perhaps he would have had a better luck of the draw. I mean, we obviously know how it turns out, but I'm just Mm -hmm. saying by being a procrastinator, you've kind of set it up against yourself where now there's a greater call of urgency. They've They've raised the age limit. They're really needing all hands on deck. So they send out the best of the best. He said mm-hmm. it himself. It's all downhill in your 30s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, I'm crying. <laughs> me too. Some of these uh, pro tags, it's like uh, top of his class at Tokyo Neutralization University, which again feels like its own manga. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Blonde Shark Mohawk Man. We got freaking Lieutenant Surge. And then we got uh, Shinomiya, who is the heir of a of basically the weapons manufacturer that creates all the anti-kaiju tech. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's just got access to all of her family's uh, technology. War machine. No wonder... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah. war machine. Uh, she's got access to all her family's tech. No one, uh, no wonder she's so powerful. Surely that's it, right? No, she's also actually just really competent. Yes. Yeah. She's able to channel her inner <laughs> and inner like father issues to further <laughs> bolster her strength. <laughs> Oh God, we will get to that. <laughs> they they move on from the fitness test to what is Stage going to be the, yeah the 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 next phase of the uh, selection exam, 
And <laughs> in, in other years, the test had been dismantling kaiju, you know, knowing how they're built is uh, a good, you know, being able to bring them down. Uh, but uh, as it turns out, funny that this year they decide for a little bit more of a hands-on approach. They've captured live kaiju and have let them loose <laughs> in a city, <laughs> Hiroaka style. Except with boys. kaiju. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, this is the most Hiroaka this manga has gotten, to my knowledge, so far. <laughs> I was like, okay, here are some bad guys. Go have fun, kids. Uh, they get the the super cool uh, anti-kaiju battle suits, which uh, use the muscle fibers of defeated kaiju to draw out the latent power of the wearer on a percentage scale of 0 to 100. And uh, the more that you are able to draw out of it, it means uh, the stronger that you are uh, already. So uh, Reno is able to draw out uh, 8% power and already feels basically like a god in it. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Shinami is like, yeah, 46% power. Of course. Yep. She wears this thing every day. And she, then I was going to say she had this in advanced. <laughs> yeah. And so. then Kafka Hibino, unleashed combat power, 0%. <laughs> right before right before the uh the the plucky lieutenant character is explaining uh don't worry as long as it's not zero percent no one's ever had a zero percent before everyone will be fine zero percent yep <laughs> why is this a foil to what saitama experiences during his exams <laughs> <laughs> or like a parallel like i got like those kind of vibes because didn't saitama also have like a very low performance only in the written portion he <laughs> He broke literally every record in the physical one. But yeah, they couldn't I, understand why. Like, there was no power output. It just was. Yeah. Yep. Um, though, I, I gotta say, I I just throw out a random theory there. I wonder if uh, the, the, like, kaiju powers are somehow messing with the suit, and that's why he has that's a 0%. Because um, the other thing... Kind of like a conflict... Yeah, I mean, my immediate thought was maybe that, like, there was, like, an overflow error that he was above 100% and the suit didn't know how to read that. That's not what happens. Uh, <laughs> but that was sort of the immediate thought that I had. The suits are connected to uh, their weapons, which are, like, rail guns, I guess, because the more uh, power output your suit has, the harder the bullets hit. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad Matt's not here for this episode because... <laughs> Well, if you've listened to our Fire Force episodes, you know how he feels about Lieutenant Hinawa's power. <laughs> I, I, I dread to think what he would have to say about oh the suit make your bullet go faster. Just don't I, think about it. Bullets just work. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're rail guns because there'll be like electricity flaring off of the guns when someone fires a powerful shot. I think that's the justification, but... It's cool regardless, so... It's I'll, cool. I'll that, that's it. all it really needs yeah. to be. <laughs> exactly. And it means if you're stronger, you can shoot bigger, and yeah. therefore... I feel like it's a very um, a very shonen manga way of being like, here's how much power you have, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, you know, we've been compl comparing this to a lot of other classic series. There is there is sort of... Um, I, and this is something that I've noticed in uh, shonen in the last decade or two, where... Um, a lot of shows are really looking back at what made the classics the classics and um, perfecting and synthesizing them and 
it's it's created a lot of really good series lately and you know like Mm -hmm. you know kaiju number eight is definitely looking back on you know not just the past but also its own contemporaries to to look and say um you know like here here's another way of looking at this and it makes for a really interesting read especially with how uh uh light and breezy it is because it usually wears a lot of this stuff on its sleeve yeah. Mm-hmm. Elimination portion of the exam is uh, going great for all these uh, protagonists of other stories. For our protagonists, it's not going so hot. Instead, uh, Kafka actually has the pretty ingenious idea of, uh, well, we're very familiar with kaiju anatomy thanks to our job. Let's just play support. Let's just hang back and tell them where the weak, where the weak points are and direct our allies to be the most effective. And uh, as somebody who enjoys playing support in video games, I appreciated that. <laughs> Shout out to playing in, support. Crucial. In, in hindsight, it's a little funny um, because like later, later encounters, uh, not, you know, in, in a very vague sense, they, they kind of have like a like a mission control. So mm-hmm. it feels it feels like maybe people playing support out in the field might have like a, like a limited use. But it's sort of fun. It's a fun way to get them to show off like their knowledge and how there's. Mm-hmm. There are more ways than just like just punching harder. Indeed. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you, uh, you know, someone in the field who's able to like, you know, direct people who's, is important. Who's so. there on the ground who knows what's going on. Unfortunately, Kafka immediately gets slapped. Of course. <laughs> yeah. He and Reno come up with a rather ingenious plan uh, to uh, deal with the situation. And they are they are able to uh, help out, you know, like directing the the other candidates uh towards hitting weak points but uh unfortunately the uh <laughs> the protagonists of other manga uh particularly uh Shinomiya, is uh <laughs> kind of cleaning things up a little bit too fast yeah <laughs> we actually get one of my favorite uh character moments from Shinomiya. Uh, after Kafka gets hit, he's like trying to stand back up because if uh, Mission Control has to deploy your shield, that means you've effectively lost because they've come in here to save you and evac you. Uh, and just before that's about to happen, because the monster's about to, you know, eat him, uh, Shinomiya blows the thing's head off and she says, No casualties or dropouts allowed on a battlefield I set foot on. So. She wants to be so perfect. She wants to 100% these encounters so hard that she is doing a no-death run of being a monster slayer. <laughs> yeah. It's like, even, I, even if, like, if you're going to be on my team, you're not going to die. <laughs> I, I think this is why I hate yet like her so much. She's a Fire Emblem player. <laughs> oh my gosh she is the fun thing about that is and again this is this is you know kaiju number eight wearing its uh metaphors on its sleeve and all that is that is simultaneously such an arrogant and yet at the same time such a legitimately noble perspective to take you can kind of see where she needs to grow um mm-hmm. she needs to be doing this for not selfish self-aggrandizing reasons yeah, yeah. i think it, it's at least it's the first hint that there's something a little more with this character we get um uh daddy issues the character teased and uh suddenly an extra kaiju that shouldn't be there uh appears and uh <laughs> we we get the uh, whammy panel of uh <laughs> shidamiya getting shot <laughs> yeah that one was quite something you know it uh, it <laughs> When I was first, uh, when we like, when I was lettering these chapters weekly, I, I, the first thing I thought was like, you know, uh, uh, Kikoru is such a like 
Oscar Langley Soryu type character, like even mm. kind of down to the hairstyle of Evangelion, <laughs> or like she's just kind of like the most overconfident, cocky character who kind of ends up like every time she t- like she talks smack and then just gets like completely destroyed and humbled. Mm. And I, w- w- so when this happened, I was like, okay, yep, there it is. <laughs> I, I've I've been I've been waiting for the boot to kick her in the ass, and there it is. Oh, that's life. Yep. Uh, thankfully, these suits have uh, shielding on them that uh, prevents her from just dying straight away. So that's yeah, so good. It, it wasn't a direct hit, you know. It's a good, uh, good to build drama. But <laughs> yeah. At least good to ensure that's like okay, so she's not going to die, or or those, mm-hmm. or those aren't fatal wounds. Rather, the suits will. Uh deflect impacts bind wounds and there's also a shield so uh the uh basically that's justifying why the characters in the shonen manga have the uh unreasonably massive durability that shonen characters almost always have of course Mm -hmm. she's not doing too well as this uh new random kaiju with the weird like the best way i can describe its head is it's like a two-tiered mushroom yeah 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 it's a mushroom head yeah it's so disgusting and it is talking to the other kaiju as it is resurrecting them from the dead. Like, what a way to just make your antagonist the most threatening thing. Yeah, the, the stakes just shoot sky high very quickly. Mm-hmm. Whenever yeah. you throw necromancy into anything, it automatically just becomes, it instills some kind of, like, primal fear in you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, not even, not only are the, uh, the resurrected kaiju just back from the dead they're stronger so everyone is flipping out like what in the hell is happening down there we need we need to get the actual like uh competent uh the the fully trained like professionals yeah mm-hmm. we need to get them out there before all the rookies are annihilated unfortunately uh for uh shinomiya uh she's she in is. the center of this uh <laughs> Uh-huh. The double mushroom uh, kaiju uh, is uh, pretty quickly uh, established as a sadist, so he makes a point of shooting her in the legs. Uh, mm-hmm. Given her character, she probably wouldn't have run away, but, you know. Yeah. All the same. And uh, as she's being uh, beaten on by the resurrected kaiju, we get a flashback of... Her childhood. She looks mid-teens, but I think she's supposed to be late teens. We get a flashback to her childhood, and uh, she's at the she's at the top of her class. She's we very see the proud villain of, of another manga. I mean, yeah. her father. <laughs> yeah, she's the top of she's the top of her class. Everyone in her class is very impressed. She's very proud of herself. Um, all the other kids get taken away by their parents, who are happy for the performance that their kids did in getting accepted. Meanwhile, she goes home, tells her father that she's uh, top of the class, and he says, "So what? That's literally the minimum I expect from you. That's how it." Honor should students be. can relate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will waste no time in you not being good enough. That's a that's a healthy mindset. Yeah. Again, I feel like um, something Kaiju number eight has always been really effective at is like we never we never dwell on any one character's backstory for too long. Like, I don't even think mm. like like we get flashbacks. They, they very rarely last like more than a few pages, but they're so effective at telling you everything you need to know about like why this character is the way that they are. And I find I find it really effective for how for how little we actually get of it. Mm, yeah, no, it, yeah, it, it's, it's very... basically just four pages. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's... and you're just sort of like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's very everything. efficient. Um, it's it's relying on the tropes that Shonen has built up over the decades that it's existed. 
I think that's the reason why uh, Kaiju Number no. 8 feels like such a breezy series to read. It's really easy to just go on to the next chapter and just like it's such a bingeable mm-hmm. manga. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it moves very fast, but yeah, always, always feels satisfying. Right before right before she has her tragic death. Uh, who should appear, but uh, her favorite punching bag, Kafka Hibino, congratulating her on uh, keeping the kaiju distracted long enough for everyone to get out. And then... <laughs> it is the he's her real dad metaphor loud enough for you, audience? <laughs> <laughs> is Kafka just everyone's dad? I think Kafka's yes. everyone's dad. Honestly, I'd be about it. <laughs> yeah, An absolutely epic, like, several panels of the end of one chapter and the beginning of the next of Kafka just being so cool. Like, yeah. I definitely, like, the last minute save is something that this series does really, really does well. so well. Yep. <laughs> There's another one in this volume. <laughs> he's charging up his power, and he says, kick back and relax. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's so, it just, the, 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 like, the lightning charging is just, it's so, like, Godzilla-esque. Oh, yeah, uh, I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great stuff. Um, though there is also the uh, the element of uh, uh, if someone has a cool moment, they have to be kept humble because uh, Kafka has to beg. <laughs> uh, yeah, beg her not to beg reveal. her not to out him. Yep. <laughs> and just man, like leveraging how incredibly awesome the the kaiju design for uh, Kafka's kaiju form is. And uh, he's got a mouth on his forearm that splits open to reveal a jet booster on his elbow to propel his fist forward as more like like a tripod of more legs comes out of his back leg to anchor yeah what I, I love how it. like morphable the that his kaiju form is. It's sort of like it, it can sort of take whatever form he needs in the moment. So and I love yeah. the fact that it's kind of like you don't even have to consciously think about it because just you like breaking it down it certainly sounds preposterous but how much do you how much thought do you actually think in the moment it was given to this oh yeah it mm-hmm. comes off as so natural for him like uh, i don't even think kafka it was solely kafka who thought about this if we're going to be that far like yeah. if it's completely like survival mode from the kaiju i guess brain yeah reflexive you know i mean again the sort of one punch man vibes of we get like several pages worth of just amazing sequential (laughs) art of a single punch that vaporizes somebody oh god it's so cool it's so cool the like skin and muscle and tendons and everything is just stripped off the thing's arm as it's turned to bone which crumbles and then boom uh it's so cool and uh kafka has to drop out of the monster form before the cavalry arrives but uh hey uh great victory (laughs) they got out of the exam without anybody dying we call this a w (laughs) (laughs) i definitely love the um the idea of like just kind of more and more characters being in on the secret as things go on just due yeah. to circumstances because like well okay now now kikoru knows <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure later uh the rest of the squad will know and it'll be an inordinate amount of time before uh mina knows that'll, that'll yeah, be a it... fun plot point for when it inevitably happens oh boy <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, they're once they're once again in the hospital. Obviously, <laughs> none of that was supposed to happen. Like that was supposed to be a curated thing. With uh, none of the kaiju were supposed to be anywhere near that threatening. They have to like clean up the situation. And Mina actually uh, goes to the uh, uh, the hospital room where uh, Kafka and Reno are, and thanks them for their heroic efforts. Then turns on her heel and walks away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which, I love how um like Mina is a kind of a very distant um kind of like entity at this point in the story, just you know, because Kafka is basically like trying to catch up to her. So like sort of any interaction, he's just like you know, like mm-hmm. no, I have to, you know, I'll wait until I become an officer. Like he has to or it has to be special. You know, that's sort of the thing I was gonna point out is that like uh Kafka like has more of a reaction he he's he's quicker to like want to reach out to her but like you can you can see the friendship that they that they still have between the two of them because like you know Kafka will stop himself and realize no there's a reason why she's being distant I'm not on her level yet you know we're we're mm-hmm. not we're not equal so I'm not gonna you know pretend it's like it was back in the old days indeed but uh as that's happening um Mushroom Head Kaiju is very confused as to why any of his resurrected uh, allies managed to kill exactly nothing. Are you joking <laughs> me? What happened? Uh, anyway, uh, I have been sitting in the bathroom too long on company time, so uh, time to turn back into a human in a very disgusting transformation sequence. Yeah. Oh, God. And then the, the reveal that he's he's got Kafka's old job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, he is uh, working in kaiju disposal. That is such an effective um, whammy panel to end a chapter on because yeah, the, we see the, him the cracking his neck. And, uh... mm-hmm. it, it's got the John Carpenter's it effect. It yeah, <laughs> anyone can be this thing. Anyone can be a kaiju. We already know Kafka yep. can, and now he's not unique. So that is absolutely terrifying. But uh, we can't dwell on that too long. We have to have the graduation ceremony coming in. And uh, surprise, surprise, uh, Kafka did not pass. However, <laughs> what? However, however, um, <laughs> the upper ranks uh, took a liking to him. <laughs> <laughs> because he was funny, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lieutenant. Yeah. Uh, the vice um, captain. Or the vice captain is the one who... Uh, uh, is particularly the one who pushes for it. Uh, you know, it's like we see that Mina is a lot more Serious. open to the idea of like seeing Kafka rise to her level as they had promised each other. But like, you know, like they do really they do a lot of legwork to uh, heavily imply that like she's not the reason why uh, he got through that. it That it was mostly the guy who didn't know him thought he was funny and saw potential in him. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a good um, it's a good distinction to make because it's not just like uh, Kafka, Kafka getting in because he was childhood friends with the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the top brass. Yeah, it it literally was not Mina. It was Vice Captain Hoshina who's like, yeah, this guy's a riot. We got to have him on for morale, if nothing else. <laughs> and uh they make him a they make him a cadet uh it, it, mm-hmm. it i i really do kind of get the impression too because uh at least as far as we read uh for the podcast they don't uh explain any further and they probably won't but i i sort of get the impression that 
sort of Mina's perspective is for a lot of other people, she wouldn't have put up with uh, the vice captain's nonsense and been like, no, I'm <laughs> telling this. Uh, but like, she also does know that like Kafka has more like because she knows him that Kafka has that, you know, potential that the vice mm. captain is saying kafka now being officially accepted into the defense force is emboldened to address me not during the graduations oh i forgot about this <laughs> this is a common problem for kafka oh my God. the thing is again kafka is the most relatable manga protagonist in uh in the game right now <laughs> because that's the sort of like BS uh, hero thing that anyone with delusions of grandeur would do. <laughs> so <laughs> he's just like, Mina, I'm coming to stand by your side. And everyone else is like, what the hell? He just addressed what? <laughs> the man in his 30s, everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so Cadet Our Kafka Hibino, 100 push-ups for an unauthorized outburst and addressing Superior without a title, and that is all. <laughs> but she <laughs> is smiling about it. <laughs> she always makes a point of turning away before she smiles, which in all honesty, like, you know, it's like, like as, fun, as much of a, a, a trope that is, that also is probably for the best, given that they are a military outfit, so. And uh, the vice captain is suddenly not laughing as he's like, oh no, <laughs> the captain seems to like him instead of me. This is bad. <laughs> I must keep an eye on him. Well, he also he also wants to keep an eye on uh, Kafka for another reason. Uh, the mm -hmm. um, they they have a uh, a measuring system for the kaiju as well, which uh, you know I mean kaiju have always been a metaphor for natural disasters. Uh, so you know they they it's a it's, it's a Richter, Richter scale esque scale. thing, and uh, there was a it was like a a nine, a nine point two. Or 9.8, yeah, when barely anything ever cracks 9, let alone gets that close to 10. So in addition to not liking uh, Kafka's familiarity with uh, Mina, he also uh, is, he wants to know why something that powerful showed up near Kafka. Yes, enigmas mm -hmm. are very concerning given the circumstances in this entire yeah. context. Absolutely. But this is about the halfway point of our reading, so we are going to go and take a quick break and we will uh, resume in just a few minutes. Stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Where last we left off, our heroes had uh, just barely scraped their way through the exam portion to become kaiju uh, neutralization officers. Well, okay, uh, Kafka's not an officer, he's just a cadet, but he's, he's getting there. He's certain. He's working on it. <laughs> he's definitely working on it. And so everyone is uh, working on uh, improving their uh, their skill with their anti-kaiju weapons. Uh, Reno has gotten all the way up to 18% output, which is uh, pretty impressive. Doubling his uh, his start. Indeed. Uh, unfortunately, um, <laughs> Shinomiya is rocketing up to 55%. She has already broken the halfway point in Pawada. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh... Uh, 
<laughs> he he gets the biggest percentage of improvement, and he's very proud of this. As he should be. <laughs> he got a whole ass one percent and screams to the heavens, "Oh hell yeah!" I'm just saying it's the little improvements and only in your older age do you learn to appreciate that. Exactly. It's little things in life. Gains. <laughs> Always got to respect those gains. Nobody else <laughs> seems to agree with Kafka's assessment, though. <laughs> yeah, they're just being rude about it. Well, at least Reno seems ha- seems uh, proud of him. <laughs> He's happy about it. Yeah. And and Kafka really wants his uh, his uh, daughter to uh, congratulate him on his improvement, and she's not having it. <laughs> to respect him, yeah. <laughs> Come on, give me props. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I love how silly the interludes are between uh, between the major events. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's fun to see the characters just kind of mess around. Exactly, exactly. They're screwing around, having a good time, becoming stronger. You know. The, the thing that uh, Shun and Protags do. I, I sort of love that we get like uh, basically a hot tub scene with the boys and like it's such a, like a like a girl trope of like, you know, characters like gossiping and, and whatnot. But they all end up getting heat stroke because they're in the hot bath too long. <laughs> <laughs> they're, all, they're all they're all secretly Mina fanboys is sort of the most adorable thing. I do not blame them. Uh, no, I agree. She has a tiger. Did we mention she has a tiger? Because she has oh, a tiger. Yeah. We haven't mentioned she has a tiger. It's it's so cool. Why does she have That's, a tiger? I was so uh gosh, because it, it takes a while for it to come up again, and like because it's it's like her first appearance. Um uh-huh. w- when she first saves Kafka and Reno in the first chapter, it's like, wait, what's what's that tiger doing there? And it's like it's like 20 chapters before you see it again. You're like, what? <laughs> Did I hallucinate that? <laughs> you know you're really behind your shonen rival when they have a tiger and you don't yep so that's how you win in life i know now what i need to what i need to do uh tiger king was an instructional manual <laughs> oh no wait, wait a minute oh, hold on i think you're taking the lot wrong lesson <laughs> we do get a bit more of a serious uh interstitial scene though uh, uh the vice captain uh uh, Kafka is is working very very hard to try to catch up with everybody because he recognizes he's very far behind. The uh, vice captain has a really good piece of advice. He he mentions that if you overwork yourself, you will fall even further behind and never be able to catch up. So pace yourself. And also, you are not taking my spot. The challenge, the the gauntlet has thus been thrown, because <laughs> he he recognizes very clearly what I mean. Not not to say nothing of Kafka, you know, proclaiming it in the middle of the graduation ceremony, but like you know, like it's pretty obvious that that's what he's you know setting out to do. You know, from his actions, not just his words. Kafka is not one to be uh, easily intimidated in that regard. Well, he is one to be easily intimidated, but not one that gives up, <laughs> that gives up after being intimidated. He, yeah, yeah, he he he's easily intimidated, but he is very good at getting past that. <laughs> Showing uh, true bravery, a, a very relatable and understandable protag. Who wouldn't be scared doing you? There has to be something wrong with you if you go out to fight giant monsters and you're not at least a little bit scared. <laughs> like, let's yes. be honest. <laughs> yes. And there are many things wrong with uh, a lot of these people. Basically, everyone on the left hand side of the battle bus. <laughs> <in> the, uh, 
in the panel where they're like, it's Kaiju slaying time. All right, Oshina, where are we dropping? <laughs> <laughs> Drop Tilted Towers, get the golden scar and uh, kill some Kaiju with it. I do love I do love this little throwaway line on the on the next page where uh, they, they flash back to sort of explain uh, explaining to Kikoru what the whole deal is. And she's like, you ate and became a Kaiju. And she's like, poor people will eat anything. <laughs> I didn't mean to. It forced itself into my mouth. Oh, <laughs> these these three seem like they have one brain cell to share among them. <laughs> really do be like that. Whoever wrestles it away with a uh, with greatest force is the one who is allowed to have intelligent uh, addition to the conversation. It's usually Reno in that case, but uh, it's a it's even with that said, still a pretty even split. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They all have their moments. Uh, we do have a pretty great moment of uh, Kikuru uh, does threaten him as uh, if you're another kaiju out to harm humanity, I will kill you. And just big smile on his face. He's like, yeah, sure. I'd expect nothing less. I, I do love it when characters uh, have that uh, attitude, uh, recognizing that like like this amazing power might go bad. I would like to hope that the people around me would uh, would uh, put me down if it came to that because I don't want to make things worse. Yep. I appreciate that in characters. We get a kaiju that gave me the heebie-jeebies because it's a giant mushroom colony. I wonder uh, if uh, Mario touches that one, I wonder how big he'll get. <laughs> I was just thinking just the emphasis on mushrooms, which is already not overly gross, but kind of grows conceptually because as we'll discuss yeah you know yeah. colonies and how fungi irri- and irritating it is when they just randomly seem to pop up and how they just seem to keep coming back and it's like there's sort of a inherent uncleanliness to fungus because like you know mushrooms can be fairly benign but it's like you think of they mold and you think things yeah yeah you think of mold and you think of just befoulment so seeing a giant mold monster advancing upon the city (laughs) ah the heavy hand of symbolism (laughs) our neutralization team is set up to uh well we'll have uh the big boss characters go and fight the other big boss character the rest of you will kill the little ones because this one is uh pooping out little uh little mini mush kaijus that are running around with uh, spore colonies. And uh, basically, it's going to be a whole infestation if we can't contain this. <laughs> well, actually, that's the that's the fun bit, because um, it's actually Kafka who is able to figure out that the smaller ones also can spawn even more. Yeah, look at that on the job experience. Mm hmm. Then they had just been shooting the uh, the smaller ones and leaving them, you know, where they lie. Kafka takes the time to dissect uh, the um, the the yoju that they kill, the smaller one, and uh, he's able to recognize that all of them also have the potential to just keep making more, and uh, they'll overrun the city if they're just left to lie there. Mm-hmm. We do have a pretty great moment of. Uh, Kafka's all amped up and ready for the fight. Combat power unleashed! Next panel, pow! <laughs> <laughs> He's battered away by a charging monster. He, he, he has a certain set of strengths at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We do also uh, get to see the shoes he's trying to uh, rise to meet. Oh, this is a great scene. 
Oh, it's so good. Because <laughs> like they're, they're they're doing so much to to have uh, Shinamiya like be like the goal to aspire towards. And then mm-hmm. here here's the rail cannon from uh, Mina on a rooftop. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Just that spread. <laughs> so it's so hype. It's so cool. She's got a giant freaking cannon. <laughs> she fires and the like multi-story mushroom monster gets a city block sized hole punched in its head. It's oh God, it's so freaking cool. I just I, I love that detail of like just like from the knockback, like the ground is like cracking behind Mina just from the the sheer force of the power she's packing. And then just the reactions from everybody, like, uh. (laughs) This is actually a really great character moment for Mina as well, because, like, through everything we've seen, it's like she recognized Kafka, but wasn't exactly, like, impressed by him, or she just found him amusing, or it it didn't really seem like she was thinking about him all that much. But, Um, like. But in an earlier flashback, she very vividly remembers Kafka. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of like both of them remember each other very clearly. They're childhood friends, but it's kind of a shared almost disappointment. They were supposed to be doing this together. Yeah. yeah. Like different Uh, reasons that didn't pan out. Like, yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at because it's like, it seems like she had moved on. Like she's disappointed that he didn't come stand beside her. Like he had promised, but you know, she had to keep going either way. And so she became this super powerful captain. And then, uh, all of a sudden out of, out of nowhere, here he is ready to come and make good on that decades old promise. And now she's like, well, okay. I guess I better show him exactly how far he has to climb. So she activates her full power and just starts yep. rapid firing this rail cannon into this thing. Yeah, it's almost like I could see both of these characters at a family barbecue. They haven't seen each other in years. But of course, she's chalked up as the person who graduated from some prestigious university is like part of a Fortune 500 company. And it's just like, um, yeah, I made it. So, yeah. <laughs> She has to flex just to let him know. <laughs> I love Mission Control is like, it's an, it's completely annihilated. Its vitals are, are uh, wiped out. Firing four. Boom. Uh, it's, it's, it's really dead now, man. About firing five. Boom. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there is this strong sense that like a big part of uh, Mina's cold attitude is that she's sad that her friend isn't there beside her like, you know, mm-hmm. they had promised each other. The The promise wasn't forgotten because like she does, she does have a bit of it, like, like not not in the same way that uh, Sheena Mia does, but like uh, like she has like that Ice Queen like art character archetype. But like it seems more like yeah. melancholic in that like she wanted it to be fun, but it wasn't. Yeah, and yeah. the reason is that Kafka wasn't there. Um, yeah, I think I, th- I think I think it's definitely like disappointment is a better interpretation than just like, Oh, okay. You know, she's just being mean, you know, I, I think mm. it's, it's a little more yeah. complicated than that, which I, I, I oh, have yeah. some, seen some people kind of like, uh, at, at least at this point in the story, kind of questionable about Mina's character, but like, there's, I do think there's, there is something there. It's mm-hmm. got a bit of a tough love vibe to it because yeah. it's like, here's where I'm at now. You said you would stand beside me. Here's how far mm-hmm. you have to climb. Are you That's still the, the reality to do of it? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it sort of reinforces the idea that like Kafka didn't get into the um, cadet program entirely off of um, Mina. Nepotism. Yeah, nepotism Mm -hmm. him in that like she expects him to not just stand beside her because she wants him there, but to actually earn that spot. Mm -hmm. For as little as we see of her, it makes her quite endearing. Uh, Going pretty well for the Elimination Squad uh after the big one is destroyed and they're cleaning up the droves of little ones until you know kafka says hey the little ones have uh reproductive organs this is going to be an entire thing if we don't do something about it (laughs) all right let's clean it up let's have everyone split up and start cleaning up the area and uh reno and i forget his name but i keep wanting to call him bakugo because he's got blonde hair and pointy teeth (laughs) (laughs) i love that trope (laughs) <laughs> um yeah he does have the pointy teeth mm-hmm. oh god we get a brief scene um kafka also talking to the vice captain and being like hey are you that strong <laughs> not even close <laughs> oh this is very matter of fact <laughs> but he does display that uh whilst she has uh while mina has more raw, raw power than he does uh he is better in close combat his specialty yep. is the blade mm-hmm. yeah iharu uh furuhashi he's the the, the blonde the blonde shark tooth guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, I, feel ki- I feel kind of bad for getting his name. I do like him. Yeah, he's very <laughs> relevant to the, the manga's current events. So I was like, oh, God, how do I forget his name? already? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think sort of the big thing is that like he was he was one of the like, you know, protagonist of another manga squad up until this last section here when he and Reno stumble across the uh, kaiju who can shapeshift like uh, Kafka can. They, they get mollywopped pretty good. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, I have a bit of a rough go of it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Mushroom Head, in his human disguise, is examining one of the defeated uh, Yoju. And they're like, hey, dude, you really shouldn't be here. This is a restricted area. You... And he's in a cleanup outfit so he's like you're here way too early we have to finish killing everything he stands up wide-eyed stare turns around points at uh iharu and then his finger bulges and kaboom shot in the shoulder just like shinomiya yeah he had been mumbling to himself man they even thought to destroy the the reproductive organs and the small ones i made these purposely weird just so that they could uh, get in a little bit of extra destruction. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you two know why that uh, someone knew to destroy the reproductive organs? Never mind, finger gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Pull, pulls a Frieza. <laughs> he really does. It's just the point in death. Oh, I miss this heart. My accuracy takes a hit in this form. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> He's so gross. Well, He's so a night, just a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I'd hate to leave empty handed. I should at least take back an officer as a living sample, don't you think? Yeah, even uh, having only just seen him in action for a little bit. Yeah, the, this villain is just, just like super terrifying. It because mm-hmm. uh, they're all basically like kind of kind of uh, helpless against him. Yeah, he he is he's very actively toying with them, but th- I love the power dynamic that he has relative to all the other characters because one of the things he starts recognizing quickly is, oh wait a minute, you can actually see my shots, can't you? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's like this back and forth of him, like, okay, figuring out, like, all right, you know. They 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 think they see the depths of him, and he's like, oh, you guys are actually legitimately a threat. I guess I'm taking this seriously now. Yep. 
Yep. Because uh, Shinomiya real, uh, figured out the towel while she was getting her ass beat. Oh, during yeah, the... that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And she revealed that secret to Reno, who uh, uses it to dodge the bullets of the finger blast of the death beam. But uh, is, he... Uh, su- super cool sequence. It so is. It's him dodging bullets, returning fire, uh, while Iharu is running, trying to get uh, back up. Same, it's that same dynamic of they do the smart thing of trying to get, you know, get word out to get other people there, but they're also not going to just abandon the other person, you know. Mm-hmm. Very similar to the um, the, the first uh, kaiju encounter we saw properly mm, in the right, story. Right. Once again, Reno about to get absolutely unmade and getting saved by a tackle from off screen. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, Mushroom Head grows uh, th- like extra arms to do a rapid fire blast, and Iharu uh, tackles him off to the side. Yeah, these, these two are, are good at saving each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's sort it, of it's... A, like a, yeah, it, it feels really desperate. It does. It feels so desperate. But it's amazing how quickly, you know, this dynamic of them wanting to save each other becomes believable. The camaraderie is there right away. Yeah. And and mm. a lot of what it does is it presents the idea that they've used up all their tricks and then the other one will have something even more desperate. Mm-hmm. I just really like Iharu's philosophy on this is he's wanting to become stronger and stronger he's the one who's always like comparing power levels with the rest of the squad and he didn't really think that much of reno because reno's power level was lower than his except reno knows how to apply the power better and he's like oh even if he hasn't passed me numerically he's already surpassed me like it was nothing yeah uh, Yaharu's the shonen jump reader yeah <laughs> <laughs> he really is <laughs> He's out here just doing power scaling calculations. <laughs> <laughs> and alternatively, this is another really an good episode on that coming up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like this is also uh, alternatively another example of he's the protagonist of another series. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that, you know, all of these uh, characters can like, you know, share the spotlight as much as they do is really cool. You know, like every time they come up with uh, something clever, uh, Double Mushroom Boy has uh, has another uh, trick up his sleeve. Uh, they do a good job of really establishing that, like, he is actually t- f- like taking the fight seriously. Like, it, they they don't do the thing of like the 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 villain always has yet another depth of power. Like he's like he's taking the fight seriously, you know. But he's just so much stronger that it looks mm-hmm. easy for him. Yeah, like my favorite of that is uh, Reno activates his full power and is unleashing. At his most powerful shots and he's like oh did i get him no he grabbed up the corpses of all the other defeated kaiju and created a shield wall with it just the, the back and forth between between strategies and this like like this fight's not really that long but mm-hmm. there's there's like there's a lot there's a lot going on in it just from yeah, oh, yeah. moment it's basically just one chap it's like one and a half chapters and yet it's yep dynamically shifting so much it's incredibly entertaining yeah very very efficient very quick and easy to read uh, it's one of the things i like most about kaiju number eight honestly mm-hmm. yeah. they're actually out of options this time as get... as uh the kaiju is standing there just using weak shots to basically torture them to death like the sadistic monster he is yep 
uh iharu goes as far as to as to beg whoever will listen uh mm. please just save my friend and uh <laughs> we get yet another really great example of the unbelievably amazing character design <laughs> kafka's danced up behind double mushroom boy you can die now the only one dying here is you dirtbag <laughs> yep. oh that's a great just a great page turn it's so good brenda i gotta ask kafka kafka is like um his mode of speech i i don't know yeah. how to describe it it feels very much like your dad trying to sound cool after watching a whole bunch of uh canon oh. action flex yeah <laughs> i think that, that is an energy that like uh, honestly mm. i think that that's just down to the the translator david evelyn who mm. I, I, he just if you talk to him for like five seconds he he just exudes that kind of energy <laughs> ah, gotcha so, I, I i think there there is a lot of david evelyn in kafka and, and the good creative <laughs> creative liberty that yeah. was taken yeah, I'm used to Shonen Protags calling the enemy like bastard or whatever, but I'm not yeah. used to th I'm not used to dirtbag <laughs> yeah, doing, the, doing the edgy teenage thing instead of instead of this. But like, you know, the other nice thing is like there, there's no there's no Joker punchline here. Well, there's a punch, yep. but not a punchline. <laughs> uh, Kafka, Kafka punches his head off and it's really yep. cool. Yeah. And this is actually where I get to make my weird comparison because it's this sequence where Kafka is fighting the double mushroom boy where I got really a feel of uh, a, another series and nobody is going to know this reference. I get strong Garo energy. Oh, I know Garo. Not the character <laughs> from One Punch Man. <laughs> oh, but do you what? know the Tokusatsu? Yeah, yeah the series? Tokusatsu. Yeah, yeah, Garo. I get such strong Garo energy from this because when I Kafka when Kafka goes kaiju mode, he's a Makai Knight. I'm not worried anymore if the good guys will win the day. I'm concerned whether or not Kafka will arrive in time to keep everyone alive. And like yeah, that's yeah. where the tension of the story comes from. And it lets Kafka just be so, so cool. It's like yeah. like um Garo is rule of cool the series and Kafka, despite how comedic he often is, when he when he gets serious and it's just a fight and there's no jokes to be had, he has that same days already saved. Don't even have to worry yeah. about it. And that that's sort of the like the like they're able to make it still interesting and in how things will shake out. But like at this point in the story, and even uh, I'm, I'm trying to see like I, I want to check because uh, it's. Y'all read up to chapter 23, right? Right. Kafka himself, like his abilities are so like him being overpowered doesn't like it, it, it's like the story. The series is still able to have tension despite the fact that he is overpowered because, mm -hmm. you know, as the reader that like he, he is going to, you know, succeed, you know, and it's going to be a very satisfying beatdown. But like, yeah, kind of like are the characters going to be able to figure out how to survive until he gets there? um is often mm -hmm. where the point of tension lies or, or or there's some other kind of like there's an extra little twist put onto the situation where he can't yeah. just like punch it and be done with it yeah uh, it's um uh uh garo is the series that i feel uh does that sort of thing best like like that had always been sort of my gold standard of what i refer to as the overqualified protagonist <laughs> where um when that's done when that sort of thing is done well i absolutely adore it because you get 
some of the most like badass power fantasy stuff like possible but also when it's done well you still manage to maintain the tension a lot of that hinges on the uh the secondary characters yeah the really interesting thing that uh uh makes kaiju number eight pretty darn unique is that um i think the fact that like there are so many like you know, insert protagonist here characters is sort of the reason why it works. Whereas what Garo will generally do is it will introduce a character in the first act and a half of the episode. You endear yourself to that character and they're a one-off character, so they can very easily die. Whereas these characters, you're kind of waiting for them to protagonist it up and, and win as the underdog, which is also a thing that could happen. And so even though there's not as like there's still tension of whether or not they might die but there's not as much tension because they're main characters you still like want to see and and experience their own personal growth independent of kafka so that keeps mm -hmm. the tension in their scenes high as well i couldn't have said it better myself we get uh one of my favorite things in any of these incredibly overpowered pro tag uh stories which is ah the villain of equal power has arrived now they will clash with all of their might and mushroom head looks at him like ah so you're kaiju number eight well i guess i'll just <laughs> have to kill you and take your uh corpse for myself you'll make a really good minion so let me hit you with my biggest move <laughs> after after he shoots kafka and kafka barely flinches like he bleeds yeah. a little bit but he's like yeah whatever you, sh you what shot is that, the, um, the, the bit where he like screams the uh like he like screams and just like blocks the yeah. attack i think it, it, it's so like i think goku does that when he um it's either when he like arrives uh like to fight nappa and vegeta or when he just gets to namek i don't remember which one it is but he doesn't think it's, goku I think does it's a very napa. similar attack yeah i think okay, it, yeah, i think yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. one where he napa. just he just like screams and absorbs the attack mm -hmm. and it's like oh it's so good yeah it's just complete over <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it because for that whole panel, Gafka's just standing there, arms folded, going "gah." <laughs> yep, and then just like teleports in front of him, <laughs> like just oh, yeah. How did you? Oh no, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> the doom music starts playing. <laughs> Why do I hear boss music? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that um where he's like. Uh, the, the kaiju's like, he's like, okay, gotta escape. Like, I gotta make up a wall. And then Kafka rips through it and he's just like, what is he? <laughs> he's he's just, I, I can't even get away. This is insane. I need to retreat, <laughs> but I can't find an opening. Uh, it's so satisfying. Kafka is not able to finish him off despite exposing his score before. Uh, uh, backup, yeah, backup finally arrives. Uh, Unfortunately, it's backup that also wants to kill him. Yeah, it was like, oops, uh, it's a little oh, bad timing, guys. Seriously. Kafka has to try to escape. Unfortunately, uh, the uh, vice captain intercepts him on his way out before he can transform <laughs> back to himself. Okay. This is the thing I was going to reference uh, because I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if y'all had read up to this point or not. But it's what I mean when it's like there's a uh, there's an interesting like uh, kind of twist put on the fight. Because on this one where he's, you know, like fighting uh, Hoshina, it's like, I'm going to kill him if I don't keep my power in check. Mm-hmm. 
which is a really i think a really fun dynamic for a fight where kafka's like he's basically like holding back like i need to make sure i don't die but if i hit him too hard he's going to die yeah oh, yeah and, this, and... Uh, this kind of fight is one of my favorites where oh yeah it it, it's the misunderstanding fight or it, it's basically anything that can contrive two allies to fight each other and one of them is not holding back and the other has to yep yep it's free drama <laughs> yeah free drama <laughs> yeah because i mean like the other thing that's really nice is that they make a point of the the vice captain um is uh Virgil from Devil May Cry 5? Show me your motivation. <laughs> you know, when, oh when, when, <laughs> when, when we say Kafka's holding back, like he is holding back to not just one shot uh, one shot him, but at the same time, he's also barely keeping himself alive and still hitting way harder than he thought he would ever be able to when fighting a person because yep. uh, 92%. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. yeah it, it's, it's cool to see this buildup of like, Back a few chapters ago when he was like, ah, you know, I can't I can't do the whole like railgun thing like Mina can. But he's like, I'm good at small threats. And he like he's just, you know, completely without even looking, just slices the kaiju behind him. Um, yeah. And then just that sort of like build up to what his full capabilities are. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. crap. This guy is actually super serious. I'm good at fighting smaller threats, a.k.a. humanoid sized kaiju, a.k.a. I'm you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He knows what he likes. Appreciate a guy with, with a guy with specificity. <laughs> <laughs> and we get the fight between them with uh, Kafka getting nicked up, uh, death by a thousand cuts style. Oh yeah, Th this might be a this might be a weird thing to focus on, but after the pissing out his pecs scene, I, anytime Kafka takes a wound to his pecs, I'm like, that's. Is that like sanitary? That's unsanitary. <laughs> is that like getting? Is that like getting hit in the dick? <laughs> no. Who knows where? Where is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> Agreed. But yeah, I mean, um, uh, there is also the element of um, it's sort of the uh, funny thing where it's like you don't even really think about it until like this this point in this fight. But like Kafka points out, like oh, he's fishing for where my uh, kaiju core is. And it's like, wow, Kafka's really started to understand how his kaiju body works because yep. he's been cleaning them up for years. That makes sense. Like, it doesn't need to tell you that because, you know. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of time has passed, too, between. Yeah, yeah, because uh, they had to. Like they, there was the time to uh, get to the uh, the test to get on the force. Then there was the training uh, that they did. And now there's, you know, this after they've done a, a sufficient amount of training, they're on like a they're on, they're like the support of a real mission. So like a, a decent amount of time has passed. Yep. Yep. I just love that uh, the vice captain's style is called sword slay technique. It's like, how edgy <laughs> yes. can you be, man? <laughs> <laughs> he makes it look cool with his secret technique arm slicer. Yes. I do. I do love the page where Hoshina is like he's like slicing through the sound effect. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's something uh, I, I have the print release here, which doesn't come out till next month. Um, so I, I'm sitting here like very satisfied with the way I was able to recreate that. But <laughs> nice. it's so cool. <laughs> Please look forward to it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I will have uh. to pick that up myself just to just to see the glory of it. But yeah, uh, Kafka is able to uh, create a mouth on his side to catch Vice Captain Hoshina's sword and uh, punch it at the uh, at the where the um, blade meets the hilt to snap mm -hmm. it. 
and that's how he's able to escape. In order to get out without uh, murdering his superior officer. <laughs> what an, uh, what an uh, awkward situation to be put in. <laughs> yep. You know, regular workplace problems. Yeah, mm-hmm. as, as one does. And we get another one of those uh, beautiful color panels as uh, uh, report Kaiju number eight has escaped. The sun is rising on yeah. the on the damage. The force city. is slipping. Yeah, they let they let this bastard get away twice. Yeah, they let another one get away. Ah, absolute mess. I mean, they also got the big mushroom man, though. So, <laughs> so you know, <laughs> silver linings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get a couple of chapters of wrap up. We get uh, uh, Kaiju number nine, as he is now known, uh, needs a new disguise. So uh, you learn he eats people. Uh, shockingly, this is one of the least uh, awful things about him somehow. <laughs> I don't know yeah, how it... this guy has spent so much time not being called out by anyone. He's a weird looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, he just goes full lunar exalt. He finds someone with like no family or friends, eats them, takes their face and then keeps it until uh, he gets found out and moves on. Kills anybody who uh, kills anybody who figures it out. God, God, this is this is an exalted storyline, isn't it? <laughs> the elimination squad is the wild hunt. Every time, every time. <laughs> hey, Brandon, have you ever played Exalted? I've not. You should. It's really fun. But <laughs> I will do that. We'll touch that later. <laughs> uh, Kafka is able to, uh, in his human form, rejoin with everybody. Uh, we get we get another uh, uh, cute father daughter moment. Uh, is the metaphor <laughs> loud enough yet? <laughs> I I love it when stories do this. By the way, Kafka's data. Well, I love the uh, the bit where uh, it's like a thirty two year old being lectured by a teenager. <laughs> She's just like, you need to worry about yourself. <laughs> and, and, and again, that sort of element of uh, like you know everyone everyone has something to learn from everybody else, you know, because he really does. <laughs> he yeah. could have either died or worse, killed his superior officer. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> yep, I love how uh, Shinomiya has this look of relief on her face, and he's like, "Ah, oh, sorry for making you worry." Immediately goes back to, "I didn't, I didn't care about you." Yeah, no, big, big fat tsundere. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. Never uh, like demonstrating it either. Just come right out and do it. Mm-hmm. Where we end off. Everyone survived the first mission, so um, that's pretty good. There. It was supposed to be the kind of mission that they should survive on, but then something unexpected happened. But everybody still managed to uh, come out of it with no permanent damage. So they're having a uh, celebration party uh, where a surprise announcement is made. Kafka is uh, getting promoted. He's uh, a uh, proper officer now. Indeed, he is. And surprise, surprise, someone flaunts their wealth. (laughs) Quite the spread, and it is super apparent. You know, the divide. That A6 Japanese grade beef uh, that uh, does not exist. (laughs) (laughs) This stuff's so good, it's literally not real. I feel I feel like it's the food equivalent of saying that you have like a like bajillion dollars. <laughs> Basically. P.S. I'm rich. <laughs> that great of beef exists. Quote. Uh, little uh, aside. It does not. <laughs> yeah. 
the scene of the party is also pretty fun, too, because um, basically everybody starts fighting almost immediately. Uh -huh. like, no, I was I was the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because Reno is so freaked out by everyone uh, breaking down into squabbling. But then oh, no, uh, they're the drunk. The vice captain's <laughs> like, no, no, look a little closer. It's just everyone is so fired up on their uh, youthful desire for respect and also Kafka. <laughs> <laughs> Kafka did start off trying to be the diplomat and everything, but then immediately yeah. got drawn into the nonsense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would I kill you to show some respect for your elders? See me in arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah. That was another brief joke where uh, Kafka is absolutely cut only in his arms because he's, <laughs> yes. he's still got a little bit of the beer gut left for, that he's uh, working off. <laughs> the uh, the last uh, the last like uh, brief scenes that we get is um, uh, we get a little scene between Kafka and Mina and it, it's it's very similar to like it, it's just the two of them speaking face to face. But otherwise, it, it really just uh, rehashes the um, mm. sentiment from the oh. um, graduation. Mm. But before we move on, there's a little there's mm. a little um, like like chapter interstitial. It's just like like a funny little gag in the volume where there's a pic there's a picture of Kikori just drinking juice because she's a minor. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's just like, I'd like to try alcohol one time. <laughs> I, I missed that. <laughs> she's like, I can't have booze. <laughs> <laughs> The scene with Mina is very similar right down to uh, Kafka once again not addressing his superior officer by rank and uh, title and having to do push-ups. 50, 50 push-ups. Ah, God damn yeah. it, I did it again. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get... He'll get there eventually. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's working on it. And like, again, it's one of those situations where it's Mina is smiling during all of this, but, you know, she kind of has to... <laughs> she kind of has to maintain military discipline because that is literally yes, their job. <laughs> I'm just saying in a different universe, they're totally like friends on social media. So it does become kind of awkward of like, this is someone I talk to like maybe a few times a year. <laughs> Indeed. We end on a scene with uh, Kafka heading to bed and noticing the lights on in the training room. So he goes to shut it off and sees uh, Vice Captain Hoshina uh, doing some uh, image training. <laughs> but I love how explicit so that is. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's not just any image training. He's recreating his battle with Kaiju number eight. And Kafka's having basically PTSD flashbacks as he's remembering being subject to all those moves. How close yeah. they all were to killing him. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> That's bad. I'm practicing against Kaiju number eight. So the next time I run into it, I'll slice that sucker up in one go. Kafka's <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> I love miss, mentally pissing himself to bring you back that <laughs> gag from the second chapter. Yeah. He's popping out of his pecs, yeah. <laughs> and, uh... You're awfully the... scared of training blades. <laughs> <laughs> Our final shot to lead us into the, uh, the next arc. Dragons! We, we get a flight of dragons just heading on in. <laughs> this can't go that. badly. Mina <laughs> is away on, uh, headquarters duty. Uh, it'll be fine, I'm sure. <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't look fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna level with you there, Chief. Doesn't look fine. 
<laughs> oh my gosh but that actually does bring us to the end of our reading so as is the classic with any shonen that we read uh the discussion becomes favorite character and favorite fight uh brandon as our honored guest uh favorite character and favorite fight oh gosh um i think i'm gonna cheat a little bit because this is based on the series as a whole not just these first 23 chapters Mm-hmm. I think my favorite character is Reno. Mm. Mm. All right. And, and, and he has a great showing here. Um, but I, I think in, in the moment while I was working on this week to week, I don't know if I like I wasn't sure where this character was going to go and like sort of how much his uh, like how much of an arc he would have and how relevant that would be to sort of like the core story. But no, mm-hmm. knowing now that he's kind of like a hugely important character, you know, I yeah, he's he's definitely my favorite. Um, but that the uh, my favorite fight is definitely Kafka versus Hoshina and uh, work, working on it for the volume was a huge nightmare. So <laughs> looking at it, and then, I'm like, oh, God, I, it, it looks so good, but it took so much time. <laughs> See, seeing the final version uh, makes it all yeah. worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it'll be out there soon. <laughs> well, I have no doubt something that intricate had to be insane. <laughs> For me, favorite character, God, it's honestly a toss up between um, Kafka and uh, Shinomiya. It's like I said, I hate Shinomiya, but also she's so entertaining. You know, I'm just going to say. She's a very entertaining character. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say Shinomiya is my favorite. I hate her. She is a hateable <laughs> character by design, but she. <laughs> Take yeah, the bait. She gets a, take it. She gets a lot of great development. Yeah. I, I think uh, the, the the story shaves off her rough edges mm. a bit, <laughs> and and that's it too. Like yeah. even just in what we've read, uh, she has already become more endearing while keeping you know the core of her character. So I can see more of how she can become a likable character instead of yeah. a hateable one, and I trust the writing uh, will be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, the it's a very hateable character archetype, but mm-hmm. this this version of it is really uh, she's really really fun. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think th- I think he the author understands that like it would be grating if he dragged it out for too long. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's the case where there there are parts you're supposed to hate the character for, and those are the only parts where she actually is hateable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. which is the sign of a well written you know that character archetype. Mm-hmm. Yep. But as for favorite fight, I gotta say it's Kaf- it's uh, Kaiju number eight and Kaiju number nine going head to head, Kafka versus Mushroom Man. So satisfying. It's so <laughs> satisfying, especially after the equally spectacular fight of Reno and Iharu versus Kaiju number nine. Yeah, we you, got- you see that struggle, mm-hmm. and then just the relief. <laughs> the the raw catharsis of having dad show up and beat up the bad guy. It's so yes. good. <laughs> well, will dad show up, say you did a good job and then beat up the bad guy <laughs> after she had her daddy issues flashback. Yep. Oh, man, it's it's so satisfying. Jay, favorite character, favorite fight. So my favorite character, um, I'd have to give it to Kafka um, and favorite fight, as previously mentioned, Kafka versus um, Hosina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing more need be said. And uh, Jacob? For, for so many reasons, Reno, uh, Kafka, and uh, Shina Mia are, are easily the tops in my mind. Uh, but honestly, I think I kind of have to give it to Kafka 
because in a lot of ways, I feel like a lot of the subtlety, nuance and fun of the other characters kind of comes out through him. Oh, yeah. Like, not to say that the series could really lose anybody. I think that everybody is kind of very necessary for the for the uh, structure of everyone else's character arcs. But like Kafka really does feel like a like a keystone, like a linchpin that really brings the um, narrative together. And like you could even take away his kaiju powers and I think he'd be the same way. Yeah, for for the the big damn hero, really, really cool moments. He has them like that's the that's the narrative reason why that's a thing. And uh, that is one of my favorite things about the whole story. But like you could take that away and it would still be a really solid uh, uh, character story for everybody involved. And I think Kafka is the key to that. As for favorite fight, season one theme song of Garo started playing when uh, Kafka rolled up <laughs> behind Kaiju number nine. I, I kind of have to give it to that one because uh, <laughs> that was the part where I realized why I was loving it so much. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's also why when uh, Kaiju number eight gets its uh, anime adaptation, uh, they got to get Jam Project because they made fire OPs for uh, Garo and EDs for Garo. And I'm sure they'll make fire OPs and uh, EDs for uh, Kaiju number eight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, so our next uh, question is would you continue reading uh, Brandon I don't think you have much of a choice in the matter <laughs> uh, I, I would like to announce that I quit oh no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> as, as of now I am relinquishing my duties as letterer for Kaiju number 8 no just kidding I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here whether I like it or not <laughs> so. oh, as, uh, as for us uh, who aren't uh, contractually or uh, economically obligated to do so I absolutely would continue reading this manga is a blast it is uh a super breezy entertaining read and uh i, I just love seeing monsters beat the hell out of each other it's good it's good fun mm-hmm. yep it's simple straightforward i love it i love the energy i love the comedic relief definitely i'm just making a lot of like connections to other series that i thoroughly enjoy so mm-hmm. all around mm-hmm. all around all around good reading one of the big things for me as i've mentioned i'm not the strongest reader and it's so as sam mentioned breezy like you can just go through it so quickly it was honestly really painful for me to stop at our stopping point i i might actually continue reading once the podcast once we're done recording this episode because <laughs> it's great just, to hear it's so fun to you know the process of going through and uh just what a great series yeah absolutely so uh Thank you once again, everybody, for listening to the Over Manga Cast. And Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. It was a uh, delight to have you. Uh, the floor is yours. Tell the people where they can find you. Yeah. Um, uh, as I noted, I, I kind of feel like I've neglected to mention uh, that, uh, like, I'm the English letterer for Kaiju number eight and like a billion and a half other manga. Um, but most people listening probably don't know what that means. So mm-hmm. I'm ba- I'm basically the guy who works with like the the translator and the editor. Um, I, I pick out the fonts, I'm copying and pasting the translation into the art and, you know, making sure that, uh, all the text is properly formatted and centered and all that fun stuff. Um, and I also handle like adapting sound effects, which can mean different things depending on the publisher. Um, so that could be like subtitling them or replacing them outright. Um, and, uh, it can take a surprising amount of like drawing skill since we're, you know, oftentimes like 
there'll be like a sign or from doing sound effects that are like, I have to erase it and, you know, make it look seamless. Mm-hmm. So there, there is actually quite a lot of drawing <laughs> in, in this line of work. Yeah, especially with something like Kaiju number eight that like incorporates its sound effects into the actual sequential art. Yeah. Action manga tend to be a special kind of hell. Uh, <laughs> like doing 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 this in Dragon Ball kind of back to back is just like oh <laughs> yeah yeah Dragon oh, Ball does it too yeah 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 I, I'm kind of like um I shouldn't uh <laughs> I think I think two is my limit and I'm currently uh very well over two right now <laughs> but, <laughs> they're, but they're also really rewarding and really satisfying so that's why I haven't I haven't gone crazy yet. <laughs> Excellent. But, uh, Excellent. Yeah. As for uh, where you can find me, uh, I'm on Twitter at Brandon Bovia, just by name, and I try to provide interesting insights into the stuff I'm working on. Uh, I can't always do that. I can't always find things that are interesting to talk about, but I try. <laughs> um, and I also host a, or I co-host a One Piece read-through podcast called One Piece at a Time uh, with my co-host Derek Bickner from Good Vibes Gaming, and you can find that on his personal YouTube channel bit nerd games and uh just on podcast services uh and rss feeds and all that fun stuff all right and uh that's basically how you can find us as well follow us on all your social medias where we are at over manga cast uh facebook twitter and instagram uh you can also like comment and subscribe to at over manga cast on youtube where the episodes will go up uh two weeks after they uh, go up basically everywhere else it's a good place to comment on an individual episode and join in the discussion. Uh, we also have uh, overmangacast.com where you can also leave uh, uh, messages on individual episodes. You can uh, send to Twitter any of your uh, recommendations for other series that uh, you want us to check out. And of course, we always appreciate any reviews on your podcatcher of choice. And uh, Join us next week where uh, we are continuing our we're continuing to have some guests on, though uh, I won't be here for this one. Uh, We are going to be reading Haikyuu chapters one through 16. We will be joined by special guest Kendra. So make sure to tune in next Thursday for that. With that, good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Good to have you. Thanks, Brandon. That was fun.